Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Coach Cody podcast. Uh, it has I've been on a bit of a hiatus as usual, but I am back and not only am I back, but I am back with an announcement. And that is that I have officially brought on a therapist to the Coach Cody team. And I just wanted to introduce you all to her because she is a great resource, great therapist, and I hope that um, anyone who is in need of a therapist or has been thinking about um, getting into therapy, hopefully we can have some good insight on how it could be helpful or just the importance of mental health in general. So on that note, I would like to welcome Alice Hamlin to the podcast and to the team. And uh, yeah, so Alice, can you Hi. just tell us a bit about yourself and yeah. <laughs> Where would I, where, where do you want me to begin about myself? Uh, well, what like got you into therapy? How did you, where'd you oh. go to school? Like what, what, how'd you, how'd you get here? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, hi, I'm Alice. Um, so I get nervous doing these things. I'm sorry. I just want to put that out to everyone. Um, but yeah, like, so I got my license as a marriage and family therapist in 2010. Um, and when I was 25, which is kind of funny because I've been doing this a really long time because I'm almost 39 now. Um, but I got, I wanted to be a therapist from the time I was about six. And the reason I started, well, wanting to be a therapist was because I was really badly bullied at school. Um, and they sent me to therapy. Well, it was like the school psychologist and she played with glitter with me and we drew a lot, but she never really helped me. Like she didn't ask me like how things were going. Like I was coming home with like black eyes and things like that. And she was just talking to me about glitter. And so I remember thinking, <laughs> really want to do something with kids and people to where I can actually like help protect them and keep them safe and ask the tough questions that nobody wants to ask because. I think that's a big thing that happens a lot with, with therapists in general too, is that people don't ask the really tough questions. And I think that kind of makes me a little bit different and some people don't like that, but um, I feel like if you're coming to therapy and you're paying for it, you should <laughs> be getting something out of it. So um, as far as school goes, okay. So um, I went to um, undergrad at UC Davis and then I graduated from National University University for my master's. Um, and I started I started at Sac State, but I actually called um, National from the parking lot at Sac State because the parking was so bad. And I was like, I can't go to school here. There's no parking. So, <laughs> so I started. <laughs> and also it was like an accelerated program. So it was kind of nice because I got things done. And then I got into an amazing internship with a nonprofit after that. So I got really, really great experience. Um, and it kind of fell into like a niche of like the queer community and teenagers are kind of my jam. That's where I do well um, and excel with people. I feel like everybody kind of has their strengths and those are definitely mine. <laughs> so Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Sorry. I don't know if that's I'm probably talking too fast. Should no, I you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Should I slow down? <laughs> Should I turn this into like the saxophone operator voice? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I will also make it awkward. So just explain. No, it's that. okay. I think I also get awkward because as a therapist, no one asks me questions. And so <laughs> I don't really, whenever someone asks, I'm like, well, you don't really want to hear this. So I'm just going to talk really, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, we do want to hear this. But um, yeah, so this is your turn to get the questions asked. And uh, feel free to talk as much as you need. Don't worry about that. Um, so when it comes to therapy and like, so fitness, you know, is, is my jam. I, I coach fitness and nutrition. How do you think therapy can be helpful for someone on a health and fitness journey? Um, my dog's going to kill the other dog. (laughs) 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 There was a bone debacle there. Um, well, okay. So I actually, I feel like one of the reasons, I mean, you and I are friends, I feel like is because this is something that I'm really passionate about too, is fitness. Um, I think in a little bit different way. Um, but it's definitely something that I incorporate with my clients, even when I'm working with kids, um, even adults, like, you know, I have, I tell them to get moving because when you get moving, you activate like dopamine in your brain and you start to feel more motivated and it just helps you to feel better in so many different ways. Um, so as far as like why that's, I mean, they go hand in hand, basically, um, your body feels good. Your mind is going to feel good and vice versa. So it's, I think that's the difficult thing though, is because, you know, if, if your mind isn't feeling good, then you're not going to want to work out. And if your body's feeling good, but your mind is in a bad place, like that also is a hard thing for people to deal with. So, um, like I grew up, I mean, so I started dance when I was like three. So I grew up doing ballet and tap and jazz and everything. And I did that for like 30 hours a week all through growing up and then, um, went on for going to school for dance for a little bit. Um, but I feel like that really saved me. Like, I don't think that if I had not, if I hadn't have had that, I don't think that I would have been as successful at other things because I had something to keep me motivated. And I feel like also with working out, like it's something that you can control when the world is kind of going crazy around you. Like you can do like your sets of weights. You can, you know, no matter what, even in the pandemic, you know, we had to get creative but you know we are able to do those things and actually like take control over our lives a little bit so yeah 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 no I think it just it's like this way of I mean especially during the pandemic when we had to get creative it just kind of shows it's like a way to show yourself that you still can do something that's hard uh and also it just it makes you feel better afterwards so if you can get into that realization, like even if it sounds miserable in the time, like yeah. you just know that if you do like, even if it's like 10 sets of 10 sets, 10 reps of push-ups, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, you will feel accomplished or just at least a little bit better. It's like how, how it works, your body just feels better moving, even if your brain is telling you don't move this is stupid and awful (laughs) yeah yeah well um, yeah and I can talk more about that too but 
I feel like it's hard for people to develop the habit of it. Mm-hmm. But once they start having the habit, it's like they remember that, oh, this feels good after yeah. I'm done, even if it's a hard day and it becomes something you look forward to. And then if your mental health is suffering, you have at least that one thing that you look forward to. <laughs> yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah. So what sort of things should people consider in order to improve their mental health during a health and fitness journey? Well, okay. So I guess like the first thing, I mean, and you sent me these questions ahead of time. The first thing I thought of was patience because I think a lot of people with anything, I mean, with mental health, with like really everything in our lives is so instant gratification with technology the way it is these days too. And I think with any, and I I know I've seen like some of the clients that you work with and like the time it takes, you know, to build muscle, depending on like what your goals are and it doesn't happen overnight, you know, like you can't just work out one day and think, oh, well, this is going to make me feel better. I'm going to feel less depressed. I'm going to be less anxious. I'm going to channel this into my body just with this one day. Like, so it's really reminding yourself that you will feel better, but it's going to take some time and just taking it like one day at a time. So like the little wins that you have, like, I mean, I have a dog here in my mouth. Um, what? <laughs> That's not a little win. Um, <laughs> so, but like, so, I mean, I mean, some, for some of my clients that I work with just getting out of bed in the morning or drinking water or you know, any sort of self-care activity, brushing your teeth is huge. So just being able to go to the gym and like go for a walk, depending on the clients that you're, I know you have like different levels of clients, <laughs> like some people are <laughs> yeah. like bodybuilders and then other ones are like, you know, just working on losing weight or getting more fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, just focusing on those little gains um, and just to be proud of things each day also so one thing that I've found is um that well so we release serotonin in our brains when we get praise or like words of affirmation and so I found it really helps people to you know get that praise somehow I used to have this is a weird story but whatever um (laughs) I used to have so I had this book when I was a kid it was like a Barbie book that I like kept on my desk but it was like a reporter one. You know, those ones you press the buttons, like the little mermaid ones when you were a kid. Yeah. And it yeah. Like to you and stuff. Well, this one had like clapping. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I kept it on my desk. So I would push that every time I did like a math problem or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super weird. That, but um, that just reminds me of that like Staples easy button. Yes. Like- <laughs> or you yeah. hit it and it's like that was easy <laughs> yes exactly yeah I mean I feel like we need things like that so for your clients that you work with having I don't know some kind of like gold star type of situation that they can reward themselves with I like to reward with books um with people because I feel like that's a healthy thing to do with your time or like spending time with others or um, you know, something like that, but, um, yeah. 
obviously not rewarding with food I feel like that was unhealthy yeah (laughs) that's a common one that people like to do where it's like yeah that's kind of counterproductive in this situation go see a movie (laughs) like do something like that but um but yeah like sorry I'm looking at my notes so yeah motivation doesn't come overnight and then it also takes about three times and something enjoyable to happen in those three times for a habit to to be created so um, making things fun can really help. I think, I don't know what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. No, you're good. <laughs> um, it's so weird doing this because I'm used to like one-on-one. <laughs> you're I just everyone. used to therapy sessions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a, um, still a therapy session. It's just a, a wider audience. It's yeah. uh, it's group therapy. Just think of yes. it that way. <laughs> therapy. Um, what are the benefits of exercise on mental health? You kind of touched it a little bit, but not. Well, so I studied a lot of neurobiology when I was in school and the main reason I did, and I don't know if this rings true for a lot of other people, but when somebody tells me like, oh, this is good for you. I want to know why. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. Yeah. (laughs) there's no proof. There's no science behind it. And so like, I'm really, really into the brain because of that. And exercise is just one of the most healthy. It's the best drug that you can do basically. Um, it's a natural high (laughs) for, for your body. So if you, you know, like I talk about, like when I work with kids and we talk about like not doing drugs and stuff like that, um, I talk to them about like runner's high and how that feels. And it's the same chemicals that are released or neurotransmitters that are released in your brain as when you smoke weed or get drunk. And a lot of people don't know that. And so, you know, there, a lot of people self-medicate with unhealthy things. So yeah, not to say that like gummies are bad, but you know, like if people are like, I don't know, I like my lungs cause I like to work out, but yeah, like I think that it can really, really, it benefits your brain. It also, people change over time too. You can see people's motivation increase and just, they smile more. Um, They're more apt to have a higher sex drive. Um, They're more able to interact with others because they feel confident in themselves. Like a lot of self-esteem stuff. Um, I work a lot with people with severe trauma issues too. And we hold that stuff in our bodies. So the body keeps score. Um, <laughs> good book. <laughs> such a good book. Um, <laughs> I think like all my clients have read it, but um, yeah, like, but it's true. And so one thing that, you know, if you've experienced abuse or trauma or even just being queer or not feeling like you're in the right body, if you're trans, you know, or non-binary, like taking control over that and using your body in a way that you can control is really, really powerful. And it's cool to see yourself be able to like lift more or run farther or, you know, go up a hill that you weren't able to go up before Mm -hmm. and know that you're doing something positive for yourself and not in a state of like panic or fear or like fight or flight, you know, like you may have in the past. So it's very healing. Yeah, for sure. I think it just kind of gives 
an opportunity to celebrate the things that your body can do even in times where like because I know I worked out even before I transitioned and I that's one of the most common questions I get is should I wait to work out until after starting tea or can I still work out before I start tea while I still gain muscle and stuff and it's like it's good to work out at any point in your life because Mm -hmm. it's just this way to like even if you're not happy in your body at the moment you can always celebrate some aspect of it which is like oh it just carried me two miles for a walk or like I was able to lift way more than I thought I could that's crazy I'm so happy that my body allows me to do this even though you know there's still some things you wish would be different or changes you wish you could make Um, but it's just a nice little perspective shift I think and then as far as when you're talking about how it's like a natural high for people. And I was thinking about how a lot of um, people who once struggled with substance abuse kind of managed their addiction by ex- like, not like trading it for or kind of, but like kind of, exercise yeah. is like a really oh, big thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it also reminded me of like during the pandemic when they, they shut the gyms down like that was huge I think like for people who did struggle with addiction and like the gym was their their thing and Uh just I I feel like so many just mental health went down real real low for I mean it's still kind of pretty low but it's just like that's how important um, exercise is to where you can really start to struggle with mental health without it and yeah, it people underestimate the uh, effect it has on mental health, which is why people only think of it as this like physical health thing, which it's like, oh my gosh, we have this virus and obviously we want to be healthy, but we can't be healthy in gyms right now. So we're going to shut those down. But people forget about the mental health aspect of everything, essentially. <laughs> yeah, like I definitely, you know, erred on the side of caution when it came to like the pandemic and everything. Well, it's still going on, but yeah. <laughs> I definitely, I also, at least for me, like I work out mainly for my brain. Mm-hmm. It really, I channel everything into that. And it's always been like this stress reliever. Like when I think when I first started working as a therapist and I had a lot of kids who were like really, really, like really bad homes and I would leave work and there's like nothing I could do about it. Like I would just like get mad on the machines. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my, like, that was my way of coping. And so, mm. yeah, like, but I, when the pandemic happened, I, I was almost like, well, I'm worried that my physical health, like I'm going to get COVID because I'm not mentally okay right now. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like almost like I needed that. So yeah, I did weird workouts. I was doing yoga in the park, like with my phone, like on YouTube. And then I was like running, which I'm not, I like biking a lot more than running, um, which I was doing some of that. But for some reason, I don't know, everything was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird times for sure. I had, I was doing whatever I could with whatever equipment I could just randomly find. And yeah. Um, thankfully, the gyms are open now. But yeah, it was, it was a a confusing, crazy time and lots of, I I know it was, I was losing my mind. That's all I know. (laughs) No, I, it's interesting now because like, in fact, yesterday I was with a client 
I wrote it down. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> and I hear that in every session, pretty much. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> like Debbie Downer, like everybody's, I mean, even like any kids I work with, it's just, it, it really, it changed our lives for sure. Did. I feel like life now just exists with pre-COVID and post-COVID. Like there, you know how there's like BC and AC. Yeah. It's like before <laughs> Christ and after Christ. I'm like, it's before COVID and after COVID. So yeah. <laughs> it's the same. Christ. Yeah. So Jesus BC. is COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just hope that it dies and doesn't come back to life like Jesus. So yeah, Easter is yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the resurrection. Um, <laughs> so uh, now that we are, oh, okay. So do you work with people that have like a past of disordered eating? Because I do come across that a lot in my work. It has also been a struggle of mine in the past. But um, because of that, I, I am pretty ultra aware of like the signs and what is kosher and what is not kosher and like what people probably shouldn't do if they struggle in the past but I am not a qualified therapist with this so I'm asking for (laughs) (laughs) you you do the other side of it that I could never do the food stuff I'd be like I don't know just eat during the day try that (laughs) like (laughs) just try eating sometime (laughs) um the answer, so the answer is yes. Um, I actually, I wasn't sure if I was sure, but um, I actually, I struggled with an eating disorder. So, um, and I actually, because of that, I never really wanted to work with people um, who had eating disorders. But then like in the past couple of years, I've had a few clients and for some reason, I don't know. I think maybe because I know some of the things that have helped me, like, obviously I don't tell them like my story cause that's not my <laughs> time, but, um, you know, I feel like I, I think that I've been pretty good at helping people. Um, I think that for the main thing, the main thing for me, and I think we are a little bit opposite in this way, cause you're so regimented. I think for me, I have to be, I have to treat the gym more like a playground and like focus on, okay, what am I going to do for fun today? Because if I focus on, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this, I get like in this mindset of it's, it's like disordered, like it's not good. Yeah. 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 So I feel like, you know, and there are different ends of the spectrum there for sure. Like, so I think really it's about being healthy and, you know, everything in moderation. I know you have different clients that are working toward goals though. So like what what are okay so I know you have like the bodybuilding clients what are the majority of your clients struggling Uh, as far as food goes yeah I think generally so like the majority of my clients are it's like yeah there's bodybuilders there's like gen pop it's just general health and fitness so some people still want to put on muscle even if they don't plan on competing they have very similar goals to like a bodybuilder uh or there's people who are on a weight loss journey or there's people who don't care either way and just are there for their mental health which is I think is always great as well yeah. um so yeah the spectrum is pretty big but I would say the majority 
our weight loss clients. Uh, <laughs> and I, I generally, so like if someone, the, the type of eating disorders, I would say that are most prominent are binge eating and yeah. also like, um, like not, well, maybe like a passive anorexia. So it's never, I won't work with someone who is like in it now, like not eating, obviously, like that is not something that I am qualified to work with. And I would just refer them like straight to you, basically. Um, My physician probably would be better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sometimes people are like, I have struggled with an eating disorder in the past. So I don't want to track my food or do these things that might be triggering. So then we just kind of figure out a new workaround, but something I think people who have struggled with the eating disorder in the past, I think that it's good to be working with a therapist simultaneously, at least just to check in, even if Uh it's once a month or something along those lines. So like if someone could check in with you just to make sure uh, where they're at or to be aware still so if it's like someone who struggled in the past but was like I think I'm past that uh, I'm going to try tracking my food and and you know weighing myself and seeing how that goes but just to like have someone to check in with because sometimes you don't realize when you're being triggered sometimes until you talk about it yeah uh, so that's the type of thing where I'm like yeah I could definitely use some help in that area so (laughs) Well, and I think the thing that is interesting with like food, especially like binge eating disorder is a lot of times like it's triggering those like dopamine and like a lot of our and serotonin, a lot of that is in our gut. (laughs) And so it's almost like I I describe it as like an internal hug. (laughs) When you, (laughs) when you binge eat, it's like an internal hug. And sometimes almost I would say like 90% of people who struggle with that are missing some sort of like love in their life, like from a, like usually a parent um, or like a caregiver or something like that. And so like a lot of it is like learning how to take that and like love yourself in positive ways that aren't going to harm you because I don't know very many, I don't, I've never talked to someone with binge eating disorder who's like, that felt great after I binged, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, you know, like it sucks. Like, and it's a cycle and it's, it's an addiction. It really is because, you know, it's the exact same things are happening and firing in your brain as if you were using a drug. So Mm -hmm. like, it's hard for people to recover from that, but it's, it's really like replacement behaviors. So going to the gym instead of eating a whole jar of peanut butter, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to, I think one thing is like it's really hard for people to get out of that cycle because there's that binge restrict cycle so it just keeps repeating itself and it's like people don't understand like if you binge you have to just go back to regular life like it didn't happen because if you binge and then restrict that cycle is yeah. never going to be broken you're just going to keep falling straight into it So it's almost hard. It's harder to get people who struggle with binge eating to eat enough to where they don't want to binge. Like they're always like, this feels like too much food. I don't, and it's like, it's not that it's too much food. It's just, you're so used to restricting so you can eat like a large amount at some point or another. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Like, and I think that comes with like what I was saying about patients and working out too, is like, 
I feel like like your clients have to completely trust that you're telling them the truth yeah. <laughs> about food. And that's really, really hard for someone with disordered eating because I think, you know, if somebody has disordered eating, they think that like if you feed, you know, if I eat like a peanut or something, I'm gonna be 300 pounds suddenly, or like, yeah. you know, or if I don't eat, I'm gonna dwindle to 40 pounds in a matter of time and shrivel up. Like it's just gonna, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Yeah. And, so yeah, it's it's a lot of trust that people have to put in you. So yeah, but um definitely like that's something that my dog has something weird on him. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's something that I can check in with people about is like I think thinking about the feelings that come along with the food is really, really helpful. Yeah. And I think too with like I, people I don't think understand that when you're on a health and fitness journey, it's something that you ha have to integrate into your life and so many other factors, outside factors affect uh, like your energy levels and your workouts and whether you get in proper nutrition and stuff like that. So it's just this mental like if you like people's family dynamic can even affect uh, how someone's nutrition or if they got their workouts in or if they're feeling depressed or stressed or whatever. So that's another place where it's like, that's where you could come in and help. Like if someone needs to talk, it's like, obviously I'm always available to talk as well, but I always have that disclaimer of like, not a therapist, so don't take my <laughs> advice, but I'm like, you're a therapist. So you can, you don't have to have that disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's important for people to know too, hopefully like, it's weird. I get a lot of people who will ask like, well, I need your advice. And it's not really like that. You know, it's more yeah. me helping them work through what advice they're going to give themselves and yeah. getting them to that point. Because, you know, I don't, everybody's internal dialogue is so different. So I, what I might say would be completely different than what they actually need to do, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty weird. So <laughs> my advice may not be the best. <laughs> Unless your advice is exercise. And I think yes. that's pretty good and, advice. And love yourself. Yes. Which sounds really terrible. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a cliche. Yes. Love yourself. Just Breathe. love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of some posts I saw about how like loving yourself, like people just don't understand what that means because it's just like how do you do that but she wrote down like what loving yourself looks like and it's just like being your own caretaker like yeah. basically being your own parent and making sure you're fed you're going to sleep you're brushing your teeth and all of those things and then I was like that makes way more sense to me because if someone tells me like love yourself I'm just like get cringy and I'm like fuck no <laughs> yeah. like I just yeah. imagine looking in the mirror and being like trying to say some affirming words to myself and then I just <laughs> want to like die <laughs> I am beautiful yeah no yes. um, <laughs> I think I was mentioning to you that yeah that's something that like I work with people on a lot is like reparenting and one of the things that we do is like make a list of all the things that you wanted to do with your mom or wanted to do with your dad or or like even if, if if you don't have those people in your life like what 
would you want the perfect mom to look like or the perfect dad? Even if you're like 50, it's still really important to think about those things because you can do those things for yourself. Like, um, or, you know, you can find mentors who will help you do those things too. So, and a lot of that stuff ties back into food. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like all very strangely connected. We just don't uh-huh. always realize it. <laughs> yeah. But, the exercise yeah. is awesome. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that about wraps things up as far as what I wanted to kind of ask you. But did you have any final words or anything that you would like to say? This like a eulogy? Like <laughs> <laughs> the final words. Um, now Alice has died, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have dysentery. Um, <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I mean, is there anything else you, now I'm like, now I'm comfortable now that we're at the end of this. I feel like my clients, cause usually like in the last five minutes, they'll be like, oh yeah, I have to tell you something. <laughs> like we just had <laughs> a whole hour. You asshole. No, I do I that to my therapist too. I totally do that. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's funny. It's a while to get comfortable. Um, oh, oh. Um, I guess I didn't really mention that I'm queer and that I work with um, the queer community mainly. I did kind of mention that, but yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah that part out. I'm just going to repeat <laughs> myself. Um, oh, yeah. It's good. I think just to emphasize, yeah, you, you do work with trans clients and you're trans friendly. Obviously, I wouldn't suggest to you otherwise. So if anyone's <laughs> questioning, yeah, you're, you're very, you're safe safe person 100 yeah. yes um also this is totally off topic and kind of ridiculous but when we we're talking about like looking in the mirror and then saying words of affirmation all i could think about was that fried green tomatoes movie where she had to put the mirror up to her vagina <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> have you seen that movie yes it's been a really long time but yeah yeah <laughs> and I, I don't know i can't get her like being all saran wrapped at the door when her husband comes home if anybody has watched this movie and you get what i'm talking about you should leave a review because <laughs> <laughs> now i just sound crazy but that's where my brain went but no, um, i think a lot of people know that movie so yeah <laughs> hopefully we'll see but uh yeah so very cool welcome to you know team coach cody and thank uh, you do you have socials that you would like people to possibly follow you um, on or email to reach you? Oh, yes. Um, do I just say it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I have a, my professional Instagram is not your normal therapist. Um, because after listening to this conversation, I don't feel like I need to explain that. And then... <laughs> Um, and then my email is just Alice Hamlin, LMFT at gmail.com. But you can also find that information on my Instagram as well. And also I'm on psychology today as also, if anybody has trouble finding me. So. Awesome. I'll put those links, uh, down below so people can find them, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me and talking about 
mental health and therapy. And uh, yeah, so if anyone wants to reach out to Alice, go ahead and shoot her an email or you can, you know, find her on Instagram or you can email me if you're a current client. Uh, just let me know if you want to get in touch and then I can connect you all. So yeah. that is it for today. Uh, Alice, huh? would you like? <laughs> Sorry, my we'll dog. Just... I'm very... <laughs> I'm like also, grooming my dog right now. Is the, is the dog grooming in sessions uh, also, uh, what's it called, included? <laughs> Sometimes. It depends. The dogs definitely are, are kind of a package deal with me, for sure. So. <laughs> well, that's okay. I think most people love dogs. Well, at least they should. But that's just my opinion. I but. Anyways, all right, cool. Thanks so much for uh, joining in. And for everyone else, peace out. We'll talk to you next time.